welcome to the Honest Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob. Uh, and uh, we are doing the Age Sigma Stat Center. This is where we look at all of the event results from around the world. Now, if you aren't interested in listening to this video every day and instead want to deep dive just the information, well, guess what? You can jump over to thehonestwargamer.com and go check out the Age of Sigma Stats organized by Ziggy and Rob. And they've got all of this great information for you to find out exactly how your army is performing, how its sub-factions are performing, what battalions are being used, what win rates. It's all free. It's all produced by Rob and Ziggy. It's wonderful resource there treasures to the community you go check it out as for today i'll be looking at a bunch of events from around the world we've got 113 players playing this week over three countries there were two team events uh which we won't be covering because we don't generally tend to cover team events because the list format is a little bit rough um it's just it doesn't necessarily work in having a conversation about meta around singles is more what i'm trying to say and then apart from that let's get on with the event results i guess the real question we've got to ask ourselves today is phil marshall one of the best performing players in the world Let's find out. In fact, actually, before we do the events, we're going to look at the stats a little bit because we actually have quite a few 17 tournaments since the Battle Scroll update. So since Games Workshop did their, their kind of balance patch called Battle Scroll, Big Song and Dance, they've done community articles, they've made 40-minute long videos or however long it was, like talking about it and did they have some impact. The best performing army going into the Battle Scroll update was Beast of Chaos. And the best performing army now is Beast of Chaos, 62%. They didn't nerf the 4-up rally, and they didn't change how the army works at all. So they're at a 62% win rate, So and they will continue to be so, uh, although until they get the new book, which is probably going to nerf them to oblivion, which will be not fair, because they've only had like eight months in the sun. Uh, however, this is pretty exciting. Ogre Moor Tribe's new book, they have a 59% win rate. 50 Nine. I personally expect that to climb. Maybe not much much higher, because maybe it's a more difficult book to use than I think it is. But yeah, this is pretty good. Um, like 59%. Uh, Carriage and Overlord are at 57%, and Disciples of Zinch are just at the very top of the Goldilocks chain at 55%. Dropping below the Goldilocks chain, so anything below 45%, Cruel Boys, Flesh Eater Courts, Skaven, Glue Spike Gits, and Ideth Deepkin are all in the 41 to 44%. And then below them, Sons of Behemoth are at a 37% win rate. And this commentator couldn't be happier about that result. That's wicked we love that that's great that's where they should stay they should just be a fun random army that doesn't really have any impact on the meta doesn't really exist yeah this is great this is good um uh why have they got worse maybe their damage output isn't as good just genuinely i don't care i'm just happy that they're down there unfortunately other units like bone splitters they had a massive nerf in the update um, so uh, they have dropped significantly. Saves the Darkness at 35%. This is pretty wild considering they've got one of the, like some of the better builds in Age of Sigmar, as we may see later in this video, uh, and then Big War at 20%, so like whatever. Um, so yeah, like, however, big fans of, uh, big fans of Seraphon being nerfed will know that they're at a 53% win rate. So absolutely fabulous news that they're down there. They are now nearly unplayable, which is good. Um, <laughs> but the big news is BC Chaos, 62%. Ogun War Tribes at 59%. Uh, and I would maybe expect to see Ogres kind of going up as time goes on. 
the first event and the largest event we're going to look at today, uh, looking at, looking at, we will be looking at, is the Bristol Brawl GT. Now, this is organized by a gaming group and also a team, Sigmar's Pilgrims. Uh, they might be a newer team or a newer group. I'm not 100% sure, but they are going to be running another event in the summer. So if you're near Bristol or somewhere in the UK and you'd like to go to the event, there's been several people in the chat who've been to the event. They said they had a wonderful time and they're going to go again. So you can go and check out that information out on Sigmar's Pilgrims on Twitter if you would like to go follow them, if you would like to get into the trash fire that is the website of Twitter. Um, okay, so they organized an event with 40 people, and it was won by someone I'm a huge fan of, Greg Shelton. You can see it there from Team Lit. Actually, uh, Team Lit are a gaming group that operate around the UK, different to Sigmar's Pilgrims. And currently, uh, they're going to be responsible for two of the five O's I know for a fact that we look at today. So they're a pretty serious and prodigious gaming group. Greg is also a member of Team Wales. So um, he's one of those world's level players. What was he running? He was running Nighthorn and Scarlet Doom. Uh, so this means that the Blade Geist Revenants, he had two units of 20 in there. Uh, when they charge in, uh, you roll a dice for each model of the unit. On a five up, there, you'll do a mortal wound. Also, don't forget, when you're playing Nighthaunt, if you don't know, Nighthaunt, when they charge in, they apply a debuff to the enemy unit, depending on what the charge roll was. And if you charge in multiple units, then you can apply loads of stacking debuffs. Even though this is an incredibly strong mechanic, in conjunction with the fact that Nighthaunt can retreat and charge, the army has still never really gone past the 50%-ish win rate. They're an army that pretty much regularly goes 4-1. There's been some 5-0s, but it really is player skill that pushes it from a 3-2-4-1 army into a 4-1-5-0 army. So that's why I'm talking about this. Also, the list is quite different to some of the lists we've seen previously. Um, Greg was taking Nagash in his list. So he's got two units of 20 blade guys, Nagash and Spirit Torment. Now, Nagash has got a cute trick which hasn't been FAQ'd. Well, it doesn't matter about in this situation. In this situation, he gets to add plus one to any kind of like resurrection rolls that you might do in in death. That's kind of like a really like heavy-handed way of saying it, uh, which means that when the Spirit Torment can put three models back into a single unit at the end of each combat phase, then you can add plus one from Nagash. Nagash also can add three models back in his hero phase. So over a course of a battle round, Nagash can be responsible for putting 11 models back into a unit, which is really good on a unit of Blade Geist Revenants. Uh, it can be done in combat, doesn't matter if they're still in combat, so it's better in some ways than a rally, although four plus rally is still great. Um, and that's why there's three spirit hosts in this as well. And their job, obviously, is just to tank all of the wounds for the spirit torment. So uh, those Blade Geist Revenants doing all the work and Nagash um, uh, putting out a lot of spells. And in addition, like there's also like the ability to do a five-up ward on a unit as well. Uh, and then with the command ability, Discorporate. So there's another five-up ward. So there's going to be two units of 20 wounds with a four-up unrendable save, potentially with a five-up ward. Healing, potentially up to 11 over a battle round, is pretty good. Uh, in conjunction with the fact that they've got retreat and charge. I said conjunction a lot. Not sure I feel happy about that. But either way, Greg doing great. A fairly unique list with the Nighthorn doing well and one of the more rarer five um, five O's with Nighthorn. So pretty exciting and cool to see. Right, let's look at the four ones. But before we look at the four ones, uh, <laughs> super high pitch there, sorry about that. Let's just take a quick look at where this event was held. As you can see here, uh, it was held in a offices to let... Uh, industrial car park space now if you listen to this as a podcast uh, you will not you absolutely will not be able to see this uh, if you're a youtuber you will be uh, recognizing the uh the, the building as being 
salubrious is how I describe it. Uh, to quote my friend Honke from the chat, um, if you are looking at English events from all across the world, he said English AOS tournaments are like the blood in uh, the blood massacre in the heart of the north, and it's ten dudes in a rented out loft above Greg's. So yeah, it's basically a rented out loft above Greg's. Uh, but that's not bad. That's just what England is like. Anyway, let's look at the four ones. Alex Bruce with his not TM. But Alex was one of the first people I saw running a lot of Magma Droths. He was running Fire Slayers, and he was running a bunch of Magma Droths. Now, this is a really cool list because any damage you do to it, you take Mortal Wounds back. So all of the wounds that you have on the board, 90, potentially are Mortal Wounds that you're going to take back into the army, which is pretty scary. And then you have units like the Auric Runefather on Magma Droth that just does outrageous damage in combat. Two Battlesmiths, and then one, two, and three and four Auric Rune Sons on Magma Droth. So they're just really fighty. When you do eventually kill them, you take a lot of damage for them for doing so. They've got shooting attacks as well, which does a lot of damage. Uh, Alex has been able to do quite well with this multiple times. Um, I feel like it's just a priority roll away always from hitting that 5-0 bunker. Um, but I think Alex has probably been pushing this list to its very extreme. There's been people playing this around the world, uh, and it's been fairly unique. Uh, looking at the rest of the four ones, uh, then we've got Andy Sims, who was running Kragnos and Ogres. He was running a big Stonehorn, uh, so Frostlord on Stonehorn. I think that's going to be a much better unit in-game anyway now because of the minus one to wound um, mount trait that you see. Uh, David Jack uh, was running Nighthaunt Scarlet Doom, and instead of taking the gash, just had more Bladegeist Revenants a Cruel Gas Cruciator, who he gave Master of Magic and Arcane Tome, which I don't see very often. It feels like a really, um, a really like centralized amount of utility on a single unit, which actually feels quite smart. Um, and well done to David. Ethan was running what I would probably consider to be like the more cookie cutter variant of the Lunarath Realm Lords list that we've seen do really well over the past three to four weeks. Stone Mage, Teclis, and then Avalonor. This gives you room in a Eumetrica army for two units of 10 Stone Guard and two units of 5 Stone Guard. So they're ignoring Ren 2. If they're holding objectives, they've got a 4 at ward save against mortal wounds. Uh, they can get an additional wound from Unyielding Toughness from the Stone Mage. They can be minus 1 to hit because of Avalonor. They can have a 5 at ward anyway because of Teclis or double move because of Teclis. So like, there's just a really, really... Um, uh, like there's a really uh, like strong amount of synergy that works for this front line of Stone Guard. So you can make them quite fighty. You can make them very, very survivable. And I feel the reason that they fall down is because something can just go through any of that. The weak link sometimes feels like Avalonor because he doesn't have a mortal wound safe. That feels like the weak link a lot of the time. Uh, but maybe Teclis doing um, his five at ward bubbles. Pretty useful for Avalonor, truthfully. Uh, so yeah, very interesting list. And I would say fairly cookie-cutter, played by a big, beautiful fellow, which is Ethan. Um, and then you got Danny, uh, sorry, Danny Soulfield. Now, Danny Soulfield has been quoted in the chat as being a brilliant dude. Someone in the chat was like, this guy's brilliant. So well done to you, Danny. He was playing Marathi and not quite the Bow Snakes. He had 10 not 15 bow snakes, and he had 15 fighty snakes instead. Uh, and then he had like a unit of shadow stonkers, a unit of heart renders. Uh, and then uh, Tom Holmes playing Disciples of Zinch for our last 4 1 from the event. I like this list because it's quite unique. Uh, unfortunately, it's just an incarnate list, but with Zinch, obviously, you've got the ability to kill your own units. 
um, with the Magister. So the Magister, if he does two spells on a double, well, if his second spell he casts, sorry, is a double. First cast is successful. He gets to cast the second spell. If the second one is a double, he dies. If he dies, then that means that obviously he can yeet the Cronspine Incarnate forward um, and then um, eat it. We we truthfully haven't seen as many Cronspine Incarnates um, over the past few weeks since the Battle Scroll update. I, for one, think the Bark Scroll update was fairly nominal in its effect on the competitive scene. However, however, we haven't seen as many. Was it because I was bullying people and only saying that they were incarnate lists? Or is 480 points actually made people rethink their, their lists? It's a great question. I'm not really sure. Um, but uh, it's cool seeing less of them. It really is. Because list diversity is the most fun bit. And that's everything from uh, the... Uh, the this event, the big British, no, sorry, the big Bristol brawl, the BBB, the BBB, BBB. Uh, so <laughs> uh, I'm glad uh, everyone there had a good time. There's going to be another event in the summer. Don't forget, you can go check that out on Sigmar's Pilgrims on Twitter. Uh, and uh, yeah, there we go. Next event. Our second event is the Leicester City AOS GT. This is organized by Warhammer Events, and they do like a series of events, like one a month. The next one's in Nottingham, and then there's another one in March in... Oh, I've already forgotten. Uh, (laughs) There were 28 people at this event. 28 people, that's right. And it's organized by Mr. Colonel Cabbage. You can go find him on Twitter as well, uh, the Colonel Cabbage, uh, and you can go look at any of those Warhammer events. They also have a website, warhammerevents.com. Weirdly, not owned by Games Workshop and instead owned by them. Uh, Anyway, uh, 28 players with some absolutely massive names attending, specifically uh, one by Phil Marshall. Now, Phil was using the old Slaves to Darkness book. Phil has been using the Slaves to Darkness book a lot this season and also for a while. Phil probably is the most uh, competent or the most successful and best performing Age Sigmar player currently in the UK. Maybe the world. Uh, which is really fun. Phil's played with multiple different armies at multiple different events and has got an incredibly high win rate. Uh, so shout out to Phil. He was running some Varangard and some uh, Iron Golems. But again, that is old Slaves to Darkness, so we're not really going to cover it. I would like to make a quick point that I think that we 100% should just be using the new Slaves to Darkness book. Um, it's just weird that we're not. Uh, and the impending like apocalypse of what that book is going to be should just hurry up because... It's kind. It's kind. It's kind of like waiting for Damocles' like sword to just drop. It's just pretty terrifying. Uh, but shout out to Phil. He's wonderful. I'm actually going to ask Phil if he'll come on and have an interview with me soon um, and to talk about uh, just what it's like to be so you know brilliant. He also is a member of Team Lit. So that's two Team Lit five O's. Uh, now Ryan is also a phenomenal Age of Sigmar player. Uh, he represents Team Malta. Um, he's an incredibly good Zinch player. Uh, I met up with him just on Friday before he went over to Leicester actually, and we had some lunch. Um, really, 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 really great player. Him uh, and his partner Natalie. Uh, played represented Team Malta, who came. Uh, they did quite well at Worlds, but they also came like third at like the Alliance Open Team Championships, uh, which is pretty good. Um, and he was running a Zinch list as well, so it's like a Zinch summoning list. So just to talk about what that list is very specifically, because that is the new book. Uh, so that's a Cursling. Um, that's Kairos, a Lord of Change, and a Fluxmaster. And then he's got two units of 10 Pink Horrors, 10 Karakakalites, Horrorgast, Umbral Spell Portal, and the Burning Sigil of Zinch. Now this list should generate roughly. 10 to 15 summoning points every single hero phase. Um, And his only loss was to Phil, again, one of the most competent players probably in the world at the moment. And uh, he was running Saves of Darkness, which has a 4-up spell ignore and a 5-up mortal wound protection against spells, which is pretty decent. Uh, 
So, oh, it was only, uh, yeah, so he should be super chuffed with that. Uh, but yeah, so great work from him. And then in third place, so uh, Phil was already 5-0. That's important to talk about. Phil was running the safe startness list, but it was the old book, so no point going through it. Um, and then our four ones were Ryan with his Zinch. And then, uh, that's right, Toby the T-Rex. Toby the T-Rex came in third place uh, as a 4-1. Now, Toby the, T-Rex, Toby the T-Rex or Toby Resnick um, is a vibe, an energy. He's just a source of light and joy, uh, is the Tobes. I got the opportunity to meet Tobes, came to one of my events uh, very recently, dressed as a dinosaur for the entire weekend, a whole dinosaur for the whole weekend, playing Seraphon. Uh, Toby tracks each one of his games independently, and he has like an entire stat sheet for himself. That's how serious Toby the T-Rex takes it. So just be careful of him. Although if you do play on a long board, he struggles to reach models the other side. (laughs) It's a terrible T-Rex joke for like five-year-olds. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, what was Toby running? He was running the Engine of the Gods with the Command Tray uh, Prime War Beast and the Artifact the Incandescent Retresses, which is going to bring you back to full life on a 4+. Uh, and then a curse. He then has Lord Croak, uh, Soros, 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 Astroloth, Banabera, a Skink Priest, a Skink Starseer, a Scourge Runner Chariot, a Stormstrike Chariot, a uh, 10 skinks. Wow. Five guard, a five source guard, 10 skinks, and a Bastildon with solar engine. And then the chronomantic cogs, um, which is pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, yeah. Also, if you, uh, okay, so yeah, like very good. Also, uh, another thing just to quickly talk about Toby's Realm Shaper engine has a bunch of LEDs in, which you can, um, you, can change the lights on they all flash different colors if you beat toby on a priority roll he lets you change the lights on his realm shaper engine i don't know what else to say about it anyway looks like it was a super cool event uh again another commanding commanding performance from uh big phil uh and shout out to everyone else who did well um hoping to see more of these players do great at other events our next event is in washington state this was the merry squig mayos May I can't do it. AOS May Os 2022. Uh, there were only 12 players uh, at this event, uh, but still a great event. This is where I was located uh, for the podcast uh, listeners. I'm describing a uh, what looks to be like a CIA building in the middle of uh, the United States of America. Um, it's got like a flag on the outside. It's got some sort of like seal. All the windows are blocked out. You have no idea what's happening in there. It's in an industrial unit in literally nowhere. So it looks pretty scary. Yeah, it looks like the out of the back. Yeah, it's the outside of the back rooms facility is where it is. It's like where you emerge after you realize you're on the Truman Show. That's the that's the back end of it. Anyway. The event was won by Matt Beasley of the Dimensional Cascade Group, uh, and he was running Disciples of Zinch. And I'm actually a little bit upset about this because it's very similar to a list I'm going to run this weekend. And I wanted to be the special snowflake running Mutileth Vortex Beasts, and Matt has done it, which is great. 
He has a host Arcana Blist, and he's got Karas Fate Weaver and a Flux Master with a command trait Demon Spark, uh, and then he's and the spell Ghost Mist, and then he's got the Magister on Disc of Zinch with the Arcane Tome and Spell Shield of Fate. That choice of Shield of Fate is actually pretty important because he's only got one mortal in his army. He's got a choice of like all of the mortal spells, all of which are great. One of them, for instance, is to get a Destiny Dice, which keys in really nicely with Kairos because uh, Kairos generates a Destiny Dice, so that's, that's a pretty good one. The other one is, um, is Arcane suggestions that's minus one to a save which is really really powerful um or like um you make a unit minus one to hit minus one to wound also really great as well or a unit can't receive or command abilities which is also really great so like he but he chose none of those instead he, instead he chose shield of fate which is you apply it to a unit with the mark of zinch keyword and they're going to get a five up ward if you've got enough, enough destiny dice in your army. Uh, sorry, destiny dice left in your destiny dice pool. So that choice is actually really, really representative of what he's going to do with the list. He's then got 10 horrors, six screamers, and another 10 caracacolites. So the 10 horrors are great for a screen. The six screamers are really, really competent about moving forward and charging over stuff, and caracs are just the cheapest thing you can find. And then he's got a mutilith vortex beast, which I'm super hyped that he's got. It's really great. It's another way of producing a lot of mortal wounds range uh, because uh, Kairos is going to be able to do probably if he gets his two spells off he's probably going to generate like 10 ish mortal wounds uh, and then you've got a very high chance of producing another d6 mortal wounds uh, from the Mutilith Vortex Beast and then he's only got one endless spell the Burning Sigil of Zinch um, which is a way of producing spawn. The Magister, which he's also got uh, on Disc of Zeech, is also another way of creating spawn. The spawn are really good for like move blocking your opponent's army. If you haven't really experienced it, you don't won't really get it, but it's, I promise you it's really good. Uh, those six Zangor Enlightened on Disc of Zeech are way powerful in combat. They shut off command abilities, they charge forward, they move very fast. They're a great either counterpunch unit or first turn alpha strike unit. And then he's got a unit of 10 Ungor Raiders. Um, and this is all in a Battle Reg in a one drop. It's a great list. Um, I'm very close to running a list very similar to this list as well. So I'm really hype uh, to see it do well. Uh, so shout out to Matt Beasley. And then Stark Pista. Stark Pista uh, was running a really cool Stormcast Eternals uh, list and he went 4 1. He was running Lore Relicta. Uh, this was all, sorry, in Stormcast Eternals, Hallowed Knights, and it was a Stormkeep. Uh, his Lore Relicta had the High Priest and then the Arcane Tome. Uh, so he's going to be re-rolling his two-up prayer. And then he's got an Arcane Tome and he's got Lightning Blast as a spell. He's got Guard of Steel Soul and a Battle Mage uh, from Gur. Then he's got 15 Judicators with Boltstorm Crossbows, five Liberators, five Liberators, three Vanguard Raptors, two Formulators, two Stormstrike Chariots. And this is just a lot of damage from a lot of different units in a lot of phases. You're going to do, you've got a lot of shooting here from the Judicators of Botstorm Crossbows, and they're very, very good for taking out units that require weight of dice attacks. It's going to, every hit generates two extra hits. Um, sorry, two wound dice. So you end up just with a ton of shots and a ton of wound dice to give your opponent great into things like Nighthaunt. Then he's got Vanguard Raptors, which obviously are very, very good at taking out more elite units or characters at range, especially because he can shoot them twice. Then he's got Dragothian Guard Formulators that are incredible in combat um, and have an okay shooting profile for doing some mortal wounds. Then you've got the Stormstrike Chariots, which are just a wicked unit for 165 points. They do damage when they charge in, and then they're great in a fight, and they're good for pinning your opponent back because they've got like 12 wounds on a 3 apartment save, which is just really, really good. Um... 
so yeah, just absolutely great list. Uh, so really fun to see two really cool lists are there. Um, I really like the Zinch list just because I'm playing it at the minute. Um, and shout out to both those two players. Our next event is in Ohio in the USA. This is the Shore Wars AOS event. And it was in Munson. It was on Munson Road. I think it was taking place at this full-scale American football pitch. Uh, is where it was taking place. Maybe in the bleachers. Maybe underneath the bleachers. Maybe they were canoodling and also playing Age of Sigmar underneath the bleachers. That's everything I learned from 80s American teen movies, uh, effectively. Anyway, anyway, the event uh, was between 10 players, and it was won by Andrew Shower, and his list is Maximum Ogre Drive. In my opinion, this is the list. This is the list in Age of Sigmar at a minute. This is the list to beat. This is the list to play. Uh, it was Ogre More Tribes Underguts. Uh, so you get plus one rend uh, to uh, a bunch of units, uh, specifically the Lead Belchers and the Iron Blasters, and the Lead Belchers uh, can be battle-line. Then you had a Frostlord and Stonehorn with a Mount Trait Rockmain Eldar. Elder? Elder? A Rockmain Elder, which is minus one to wound, which is pretty common. You can see that probably all the time. Then he's got a Butcher, and then he's got the Gruesome Trophy Rack, so plus one to hit. Uh, two units within 12 inches against Heroes of Monsters and the Law of the Gut Magic, the Blubber Grub Stench. So Rhinox units holding within 12 inches gain the monster keyword for the purposes of monstrous actions, charges, and holding objectives. Then he's got two units of 20 Noblars, the power pieces of the list. Uh, they're going to screen out really nicely and also do mortal wounds you try to move into combat or even move towards the gun line, which consists of three units of four lead belchers and then four iron blasters, all in a double battle reg. So you've either got 40 shots that are threes, threes, ren, two, damage, two, or you've got eight shots, which are fours and three, fours and twos, ren, three, damage, d3 plus three. This will absolutely cane most of the god characters this will kill a techless in the turn and the lariel not that we see her much and a gash all those things are just going to die to these iron blasters the lead belchers are going to do some consequential damage as well uh they're going to be doing 2d3 attacks if they don't move um so that's four that's 83 16 24d3 shots at 18 inches at ren 2 uh as well at range which is pretty wild uh so no surprise uh that the the player with a gun uh one at the school uh, anyway, so well done to, uh, to well done to <laughs> Andrew Shower. Then Emmett Mormon was our four-one. Emmett was running Stormcast Eternals, and he was running uh, Signs of the Storm. He had Karazai, Guard of Steel Soul, and a Knight of Zeros. Then he had two lots of two Storm Drake card, ten Judicators or Boltstorm Crossbows, three Prosecutors with Celestial Hammers. Uh, and this was all in a battle reg. So those Stormdrake Guard, as we know, super good. Those dragons, really effective. Uh, they've got the good armor save. They've got the mortal wound shooting output. If it pops off, it goes really well. Guard us in uh, Hallowed Knights, meaning they have a five-up ward save, which is really good on their very effective uh, armor save. And then Karazai in the list as well. Uh, so you've got some very fast mobile outputty army units that are going to be doing mortal wounds and shooting. Really fun. Uh, the Ohio event looks nice. I'd like to get out to Ohio. It seems like a cool place to be. Hope everyone had a good time. Our next event is in France. Now, the French have, and I've said this before, a really cool way of doing their tournaments. They normally have six months of doing team tournaments and then six months of doing singles events. They generally tend to not 
put them on like things like BCP and other stuff. So getting that information is out. But as always, thank you to Marcus Rock in the chat who has um, sent me the information for one of the the last leg of the the singles events that are happening in France. Marcus also has qualified for the Masters event, which will occur in February. Hopefully, we'll get some more information about that as time goes on. French came second at AOS Worlds last year. They're a very competent wargaming group. And so I wouldn't be surprised um, if the lists coming out of there are pretty scary. So if we just take a moment to look at the event, uh, 32 players, and it was hosted AOS Standard, love Marcus, hosted by Club Grabouge in Lantern. And this is close to Bordeaux on the Atlantic coast. Um, and then it's differentials. So this is quite an interesting uh, event. So normally when I track information, it's based on four, five O's and four ones. You, you won five games, you, uh, like, you, you know, if you're listening at this point, you know. Anyway, they do differentials first. So, like, how much you beat your opponent by, they do that as primary as opposed to win-loss-draw, which I actually think is really clever. I think it means that they're always focusing on the team stuff as well, which I think is quite cool. It also, like, it's just a hard pill to swallow that even though you won five games, the person that maybe smashed three people and then lost two games comes higher than you. Um, but, like... One of the things that happens in Age Signal at the minute, and I think if anyone plays at a particular level, you'll be able to understand what I'm talking about, is that the differential between lists actually isn't that high. We, there's a situation in 40k, for instance, where not all the time, but you can end up with results, things like so one player can get 95 and the other person can get like 92. And but you're like, well, that person won. I'm like, well, this guy got 92 points out of 100. And that's kind of similar in Age Sigma, right? Where um, you end up with like, I won, like, I got 25 and you got 23. And you're like, well, I won. And it's like, well, you know, like there's a very small difference. That differential, I think, sometimes can be really like a really good conversation because when the differential is the thing that you're most focusing on, I feel like you try to stop your opponent from scoring points. And actually that kind of makes the game maybe, it adds a layer of difficulty onto the game, which I think is actually really productive in my personal opinion. Um, uh, anyway. Anyway, let's go look at the list, shall we? So, yeah, 32 players um, happening. So this is in France. Shout out to everyone in France and everyone at the event. I hope you're doing really well. So in first place, here goes looking at this, uh, was Lod, uh, Riviere de Sang. Uh, <laughs> and he was running Soblite Grave Lords, Legion of the Blood. And he had Kado in his list. Now, Kado is a Black Library model. And if you run Soblite Grave Lords at all, Kado is amazing he's just a big duelist character potentially can move up to 20 inches um and is just a very fighty unit that you want in your army for 135 points kind of like the light of altharian uh, and those other duelist characters then you got manfred a vampire lord um who's a general as well then a corpse cart two lots of 20 uh, zombies then two lots of 10 direwolves Two lots of 20 Graveguard, another 10 Graveguard, and then the Geminids. And then he's got Expert Conquerors, he's got Bounty Hunters, and a Warlord Battalion. Uh, so his um, Expert Conquerors are obviously uh, the Direwolves and the Zombies, and then his Graveguard are all his Bounty Hunters. Now, Bounty Hunters are just very, very good in fighting. Like, they're just really, really competent. They've got a lot of output, and there's over, like, nearly 100 wounds of, like, just stuff, Zombies, uh, and wolves to get through before you can get to the grave guard and the grave guard are going to counter punch and hit you back you've got the vampire lord and manfred for vampire lord for buffing all of those units and manfred for doing all of the damage as well so it just stacks on top of itself and uh just very devastating list to try and play against 
Uh, in second place, uh, and also our 5 was Passifure. And he was running Stormcast Eternals, and he was running Hollow Knights. Uh, sorry, Hollow Knights? Hollow Knights. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess they're hollow. No, we've confirmed they're not hollow. There are people inside. It's not just gold armor of nothing. Five Liberators, five Vanquishers, five Vanquishers, Gardas and the Lord Castellan, who's the Master of Magic and the Arcane Tome, and then two lots of four Stormdrake Guard. So it's just eight Stormdrake Guard with a five at ward, thanks to Gardas. Pretty rough. Pretty rough. Very quick. Uh, pretty quick. Uh, then uh, in our 4-1 bracket, we had Spoon, who was running Lumineth, Realm Lords in Zytrek, with Cathalar, Enlightener, Avalonor, Stone Mage, some Wardens, some Sentinels, uh, sorry, two lots of 10 Wardens, 20 Sentinels, uh, five Blade Lords, and then a Ballista, and then the Chronomantic Cogs, and Ravenax Gnashing Jaws. So this is kind of a castle build in some ways, um, but it's using some of those cheaper casters in the Cathalar and the Enlightener to make it so that they can auto-cast some of those spells to do damage at range, and then the Sentinels just drop in a load of damage as the Wardens and the Stone Mage, uh, sorry, and Avalonor push forward and just, just bop you on the head, basically. Uh, then in 4-1, we have Kozukas, who's running Sons of Behemoth, and he ran four bigs. Uh, and then uh, our last 4-1, I just got to scroll down because it's the differential system, uh, was uh, Art of War. So everyone in France has uh, gamer names, like kind of prefixes. And he was running Beast Chaos, and he was running Gavspawn. Dragon Oak Shagoth, Great Brave Shaman, uh, and then he was running a Crunchbine Incarnate, and then six uh, Zangor. Basically, sorry, Zix Enlightened in his list uh, with the Ravening Direflock, which the Ravening Direflock is actually really, really good uh, with the Crunchbine Incarnate because of the way you can move it around and therefore eat it when you send one of your units wild, uh, which is actually quite interesting. And he's got a Beast Lord, which is bonded to the Incarnate. So yeah, even though there are still some Incarnates in the lists uh, that we're seeing, uh, those uses are the ones where they're able to best kind of manipulate them as opposed to units just plugged in uh, to them. Overall, um, looking at all of the event results, it's been a pretty varied week. Uh, like, I, I've got to say, there's been some fun lists. Not, not particularly uh, a, a busy week because it's getting closer to Christmas or holiday season for a lot of people uh, around the world, so not as many. There was a really cool team event uh, over in the USA as well, the Small Town Throwdown. Had, they had a team event where everyone did fancy dress, uh, which was really fun. There was also another team event in France, uh, yeah, another team event in France as well, which is also really cool. France also has had a pretty high win rate for Lunath Realm Lords at the minute, which is kind of some interesting like regional feedback that we've been seeing. Uh, my big takeaways this week is I'd really like the Safe Startless book just to be legal, just to kind of like uh, confuse, uh, not confuse, to change some of the, the stuff around. Uh, like to, to, sorry, I would really like it if the Safe Startless book was legal so that we weren't confused by what lists were what, right? You're just like, is this old book, this new book? It just seems silly at this point. Like, we all know. Like, independent TOs, we could just do what we like and probably should continue to do what we like. So just get on with that. Um, so that's really fun. Uh, the lists have been quite varied, which has been cool. Uh, looks like there's been... The team events have been really funny as well. A uh, shout-out to Aaron, who managed to get himself a 5-0 with Cruel Boys at the team event. Team events um, are a little bit different to uh, singles events so that you can organise pairings. But that's not to say that Aaron got five easier matchups because I don't think there are five easy matchups for Cruel Boys. So going 5-0 is pretty cool uh, for him over there in the US as well. So that's over in California. Uh, yeah. I think ultimately the game's in a fine place. Um, I think the you, ha you have to redesign lists based around the fact that 
the ogres underguts list exists. That's kind of like where my brain is at at the minute. But the major issue that you may be getting in Age of Sigmar is that we haven't yet seen the Safes of Darkness and it is going to have a huge impact on the game. There's going to be lots of armies because I think it's wildly popular. It's going to be very good and we just haven't seen it yet. So that's kind of my takeaway. I'm kind of just waiting to see what happens with that. Also, Christmas coming up. So most of the events will kind of like slow down a little bit and then we're into new GHB season. So uh, new GHB like first or second week of January uh, and that'll be fun to see. So um, really fun, like love seeing all. I hope you all going to have uh, loads of fun Christmas events. I've got a bunch here in Nottingham. We've got one before Christmas. We've got a bunch of one days after Christmas. So I'm really looking forward to reconnecting with the community over the Christmas period because I just like seeing all my friends. Best thing about being at events. I will also be at... The Everwinter GT this weekend, and if you do want to say hello, uh, I always like saying hello to everyone, so if you get the opportunity to say hi, come say hi. Uh, and that's it. Uh, thanks for tuning in. As always, thank you to everyone who supports the show on Patreon. Thanks for listening to the podcast and staying hydrated. And thanks to the Twitch chat who make this experience the most fun thing I do. So thanks to the Twitch chat. They're the best.